Welcome to Water Spout, brought to you by the St. John's River Water Management District. Water Spout offers a behind-the-scenes look at how we conduct our work, the research, the projects, our partnerships, and most important, how we serve the community by balancing the needs of water for the environment, businesses, and the people in the Sunshine State. Welcome to this episode of Water Spout. I'm your host, Tiffany Cowie, and today I'm joined by Kim Ponzio, Environmental Scientist 5 in the Bureau of Water Resources here at the district. She's one of the many extraordinary women who continue to make significant advances in STEM and transform the lives of many at the district. Kim, thank you so much for taking time to be here today. Thank you for having me, Tiffany. I can't wait to hear about your career. It sounds fascinating. Will you walk us through what that looked like in the beginning until where you are now? Okay, wow. Okay, at, I started working at the water management districts at South Florida Water Management District in, in 1987. So I've had a, a long career and I came here in 1989. So I've been here 34 years and I was, I guess, only 23 at the <laughs> time and uh, just out of uh, undergraduate school. And I started working in uh, wetlands, and it was a very um, kind of more field-heavy in the beginning. And do I was an environmental technician, and then I have moved up through the years to environmental scientist and built up my profession, you know, my professional standing. But the district helped me do that. And uh, what I did is I went back to school. I got my master's or my graduate degree here at the, while I was working at the district. So full-time working at the district, one class at a time over at the University of Florida. And uh, they supported me through the educational assistance program. And it was just, it was really quite amazing. I even got to do my master's project on sawgrass, which is that species that grows in the Everglades, the plant that grows in the Everglades, and and did some of that and planted some of it in some of the upper St. John's River Basin area and worked on germination of that particular plant. So it's been amazing coming up through kind of through the ranks and and working but the other thing that was really great too is that the district supported me with my work-life balance because after working at the district for 10 years I decided that uh, or my husband and I at the time decided that we would have kids and I went part-time the district supported me in going part-time and so I had you know, one foot planted firmly in this career that I had gone to school for for years and developed and then finally got to, you know, experience being a mother. And uh, I worked part-time for 15 years and came back full-time and uh, fully re-engaged when the kids got older. So um, I think that was huge in being able to be a woman working in a STEM field. Um, I, not, not everybody gets that opportunity, and the district was really supportive. My immediate supervisors were like, sure, we, of course you can do that. I'd do it if I were you. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, that was, that was huge in being able to advance and, and to feel like I have this great work-life balance and just make me the morale of someone who gets to do both of those things is fantastic. So I really appreciate that in the district. You mentioned about women working in a STEM-related field, mm -hmm. and here you are, a scientist. Talk about how important you think it is for females to look into that as a potential career possibility. Absolutely. I have to say, when I first got here, there were three people out of my entire division that were women. And now we probably have half of our bureau or more are women in this, in this field. And I grew up with three older brothers and no sisters, so I kind of didn't really think about 
well, I'm a woman and working in this field. I just thought I want to be a scientist and work in this field. Although I did have many women that helped me along my path. One of my supervisors was a woman and, and she supported me in every way. Um, but I, we also bring a bigger perspective to things too. I mean, just think about what I said about going part-time and being being a mom too and having that work-life balance. That brings things different things to the table when you have perspectives that are different. I mean, they've actually found that women that are uh, researching bird songs, uh, only male birds sing is what all the male researchers thought, and they didn't even think to uh, research female birds. And so female scientists just started to say, you know, let's look at what the female birds are doing. So they're bringing a perspective to it, and they found out they do sing after all. <laughs> and so there's different, you know, there's a different perspective to it in everything that you look at as far as, you know, being a woman in, in, in a STEM field. But it's with the support of, a, of a, an organization like the district, um, and even if you don't find that at your organization, go to one you do find <laughs> you know, where you can get that support to be a scientist. And I wouldn't say that I, growing up, I was a tomboy, as they used to say. I was I was just as girl as could girl could be, and I was a tomboy as well. And I loved being outdoors. And if that's something that other people love to do, just being outdoors and then turning your hobbies into a career, that's what a lot of, I think, wetland scientists or even scientists believe. When we get to go out in the field, we get to go out in the field and experience all of the, you know, the, the animals and the plants and, and just the environment that you're in that just kind of connects you with nature and makes you feel like you're doing a bigger thing for the planet and the people on the planet. So. What does a day or a week look like in Kim's life here at the district? Oh, gosh. I, like I said, I probably spend less time out in the field than I used to when I first got started. But um, we do a lot looking at basically looking at the ecosystem and looking, trying to figure out all the parts of it that help us to manage the, uh, the wetlands and the, and the uh, water resources. So we look at, uh, use computers. I use a lot of uh, geographical information system mapping and using um, spatial tools to be able to kind of tease out what things affect, you know, what how hydrology affects the wetlands or, you know, how fire affects the wetlands. And so that's what I'll spend a lot of my time on is, is you know, looking at the data that we've collected in the field or someone else has collected in the field. I mean, we're all part of it together and we don't do it all on our own. Um, and then you know, really getting that into the scientific literature as well as collaborating with other agencies and other even departments within the district where there's people that have skill sets that I don't have that can bring something new to the table. Um, like, for instance, we use herbicides to treat willow, and I talk to the folks that know all about those things, and I know about the plants, so we collaborate together to see how we can have the best effect on those um, ecosystems and have the best effect on our management. So we heard a lot about what you do in the office day to day, mm -hmm. but then there's about 25% of your time that is in the field. Right. What, what does that look like? So imagine an airboat. <laughs> Most of the places we have to go are wet. And they usually aren't, like in the river, it's not open water. We have to take an airboat out into the marsh, drive an airboat, which is one of the coolest things you will ever do. Um, and, you know, we get out into the wetlands and we go out into the plants and, and, and measure things in the plants and the animals. We do fish sampling. We do, uh, you know, we sample the plants. 
I have this one that I talked about with the willow. We go out and take an iPad and stick it on a post and shoot canopy pictures up into the canopy to figure out how much canopy is up there. And then we bring them back to the district and we put them into the computer and say, okay, computer, tell me how much was the canopy up there. So we're trying to make new ways to approach things. So going out in the field and approaching it that way, we most often will take a boat, of, you know, an airboat in the wetlands, but any kind of boats to get out there. And, you know, in some of the areas where we've done wetland restoration, we go out and uh, we're evaluating how the restoration is coming along. If we've done, we've planted plants, or we've restored the hydrology so that it's wetter than it was when it was, you know, say a cattle pasture or something like that. We evaluate that when we go out in the field. So it's uh, walking around out there and uh, just getting, you know, getting close with nature and uh, evaluating that in a scientific way and then bringing it back and doing that other 75% in, in the office. I mean, it sounds like who wouldn't like to sign up for this job? That's right. I say, you know, uh, love what you do and do what you love. And that's what I do. So I mean, if it's if it's not a job that you love, and of course, as you're going through school, I worked at Winn-Dixie as I was going to school through high school and then college. And you're going to have to work those jobs to get the money to get the education and everything that you want. But when you get into that career job, you, you know, you love it. And if you don't love it, then you move to something you do love. And I think this is one that you're right, who cannot love it, you get out to, you know, get out in the outdoors, get out in the wetlands and, and do, do cool things that make a difference. Oh, it's beautiful. We'll be right back after this message to hear more about Kim's journey. The St. John's River Water Management District is committed to preserving and protecting Florida's water resources for generations to come. From improving water use efficiency and reclaiming water for reuse to managing water resources in times of wet and dry periods, the St. John's River Water Management District is taking action on conserving Florida's precious waters. To learn more, visit sjrwmd.com. Welcome back to Water Spout. I'm your host, Tiffany Cowie, and today I'm joined by Kim Ponzio, an Environmental Scientist 5 in the Bureau of Water Resources here at the district. We're delving into Kim's incredible journey and her passion for her work. Kim, I'm excited to continue this discussion with you today. Thank you. I appreciate that. Of course. I've enjoyed hearing about your journey and exactly what you're doing in the office and out in the field, and I can't help but wonder if you don't have some amazing stories that really stand out from over the years at the district. Absolutely. I, I think one of the things that I've worked in, um, you know, first, first I worked in looking at different wetlands and how they function and everything like that. But then we started uh, buying properties to restore wetlands in at the district. And uh, just getting into those areas, you go into an area that used to be part of the river floodplain, and now it's a cattle pasture. And there's cows out there, there's crops out there. And uh, when we buy those areas, going back and kind of reevaluating how, what do we have to do to restore this back to wetlands again, to restore this back to an ecosystem that is healthy with plants and animals that belong in this, in this river floodplain. And uh, just doing that where you're, you know, you're taking out culverts and you're, you know, basically terraforming things and taking down old levees and plugging ditches and planting plants, uh, especially my favorite sawgrass that I worked on. We planted <laughs> some sawgrass in uh, one of our restoration areas. And then getting to go back and see, wow, I mean, I can even see it from the air. This is an area that I helped to restore 
back to river floodplain, back to wetlands. And some of these areas uh, are even being used by listed species when they weren't before, like the Everglades, well, it's the snail kite now, so the snail kite. And having those type, just having a part in that and being able to collaborate with different agencies and different people in our, within our agency and even researchers to, to figure out the best way to do that is just, it's really fulfilling. I mean, you look at it and say, wow, I made a difference. I can see that from the air. There's satellite imagery that shows that something that we worked on together has made a huge difference. And so I think that is really fulfilling for me in, you know, an idea of, you know, what it's like to, to go out and work in, in, in the wetlands and work out in the upper St. John's River Basin and do these kind of things out in the field. You mentioned a bit about how important collaboration is for the success of these type of projects. Mm-hmm. How how do you go about collaborating with the right mix of people to make sure all that data is being used for good? Absolutely. Well, I, I think early on when we were working in, in the Upper St. John's River Basin, uh, we were kind of doing things a little separately. And some other, other colleagues and I said, you know, it'd really be great to get together and find out what everybody else is doing. One, because we can learn things from them. Two, we don't want to reinvent the wheel if they're doing something over here. And, you know, it's also good to know that if we're doing a prescribed burn and say USGS has a station out in the marsh, we should tell them, let's get out the equipment before we do this prescribed burn or something like that. So we we put together the Upper St. John's River uh, Research and Management Consortium. And this is a group of people uh, from the district, as from all different departments of the district, uh, different agencies from federal to other state agencies like uh, FWC, USGS, and then in universities as well as contractors that we've had working on projects so that we can all kind of discuss what we're working on and give project updates and just include everyone into it. It's been unbelievably fruitful. Um, And to this day, we still are collaborating, even just last week, collaborating with some people on FWC on some planting, because, you know, we don't always all have the same skill sets. And we also uh, don't necessarily all have the uh, same resources. So when you can pull resources, and you can pull, uh, you know, together skill sets and communicate with each other, it, it is amazing to collaborate on that scale right there. Um, the other thing I might add is collaborating with scientific societies. And something that the district has done is always supported folks to uh, be involved in scientific societies. My favorite is the Society of Wetland Scientists, <laughs> giving them a shout out here. Um, but I've been involved since probably 2007 with the Society of Wetland Scientists in leadership roles, but also bringing district work to conferences and to other researchers working in wetlands really all over the country and all over the world. Um, and it's really nice to kind of share those things. And you'd be surprised what people are excited about, you know, even in Australia to find out that we're doing work on, you know, a particular species that they're interested in or, you know, we're doing wetland restoration and they didn't know you could do it this way. And we find out things from them as well. So being able to have that support to be involved has really, uh, I guess, was the whole reason that I was able to develop professionally into professional wetland scientist. And so I, that's one thing I think just collaborating. And it doesn't hurt to be an extrovert is what I've been told. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, being able to, you know, talk to people and, and hear what they have to say, you have to listen a lot too. So um, being able to hear what they have to say and give their input is really, really helpful. 
You have clearly so much knowledge about this. Is that something that you take to heart and want to pass on to the next generation through interns or maybe mentorships here? Absolutely, yes. Many times, I think probably been seven years, I go to the Society of Wetland Scientists meeting and they have underrepresented students there that have gotten a grant to travel there. And I give presentations to them about what it's like to work in wetlands and what it's like to work for for a state government, which or what it's like to work for the water management district. And um, also here, uh, we have several new new generations of scientists coming on. And I just had uh, one of our newest, my newest co-workers out with me on the planting project we just did. Um, and it's, it's amazing because she's got passion for it too. And I just, I really love showing, sharing that with others, you know, bring somebody else who's excited about it out with me and just try to be able to share. And you know, every time I try to teach somebody something, I learn something from them because for instance, I, I was teaching people how to do GIS and there's about three ways to do everything in the ArcMap program. And somebody said, oh, well, you know, you can do this. I said, I had no idea. I just learned something new today and you taught that to me. So, I mean, just again, exchanging it, even though I might be the mentor at that point in time, I become the mentee. So, so it's really nice to share that passion with other people here at the district and, and you know, in the, in the wetland world, I should say. You really radiate that passion. I can feel it. I can hear it in your stories. So I I would love to wrap up with you sharing for some of our listeners who may be considering a field, this field, Mm -hmm. um, or maybe they have a child at home who is interested in a science-related field, but maybe their background is not science. Mm -hmm. What are three tips or takeaways you would share for them to encourage them to move into a STEM-related field like you have? Don't be afraid to do something that is different than you think that you've ever done before. Um, I think I shared with you uh, that we had an uh, intern who was just 18, and he came and was working here. And I said, well, you're, you're not, you're interested in marine biology. Why are you in these inland wetlands? And, and he sh- shared something very wise with me that he said, you know, this might be the thing that I decide to do for the rest of my life because I love it so much. It may not, it may not be, but one way or the other, I'm going to know. So don't be afraid to try something new. And to ask for help because I've there's an amazing openness to all of the colleagues that I've ever had, you know, being involved in in both the district and in the Society of Wetland Scientists and others other places like that where I ask for their advice and they're always willing to give it. So don't be afraid to go into something you're like, oh, I don't know about like ask questions <laughs> and do something that you, you know, that you may not necessarily think that you're you know, that you have the background in. And also look back to your past. When I was a child, I was on the, you know, the Peace River and I went canoeing and I went exploring and I thought that's where I found my passion. I actually was in pre-med and was going to be a doctor and I said, no, I got the opportunity to work outdoors. I'm going to do this. So look back and what makes you really happy because, again, I'll say that. (laughs) If, you know, you need to love what you do. And uh, I feel like I get to do this job. So you find a job that you get to do, not that you have to do, and that you just get fulfillment like uh, like I've done here in my career at the district. I'm going to get emotional. Oh, Kim. <laughs> I'm so grateful you found your career and passion here at the district. You're certainly a, a value add to the district, and we're lucky to have you. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Of course. 
Thanks so much for taking the time to listen to our conversation today. Driven by their passion for science and technology, Kim and many others at the district are shattering the glass ceiling in STEM-related fields and pushing the envelope in the industry. We hope you'll tune in for our next episode of Water Spout. If you enjoyed what you heard, be sure to subscribe so you can have firsthand access to future content. Until next time, use your water wisely. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Water Spout. To hear more episodes, find us on YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Connect with the district on social media or visit sjrwmd.com for more information on today's topic.